My name is Dr. Justin Alger, and this is the first six-episode premiere of the Future Future College Parent Podcast. There's always a way, and there's always a pathway. If you truly want to go and you truly have that um, passion for that career, whether it takes eight years... Hello, future college parents, moms, dads, and any family member who's helping a student get to college. Welcome to the finale of the first six-episode premiere of the Future College Parent Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to arming parents like you, our original influencers, with free information and resources to help the next generation of students prepare, choose, and finance college. By college, I mean any and all education after high school or equivalent, and by parent, I mean anyone helping a young human through schooling towards college. This show is predicated with the belief that anyone can access and pay for college if they want to and should start preparing as early as the sixth grade. I am your host, Dr. Justin Alger, but you can call me Justin. That voice you heard over the intro music is the guest of episode six, Dr. Mike McDonald, superintendent of my high school alma mater, Walton Central School. Mike began as the superintendent of WCS in the summer of 2020. Now, I don't want to give anything away, but you'll hear at the top of the interview how I met Mike, and I know you'll see why I asked him to be a guest on the show. I hope you enjoy my interview with Mike. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast, and thank you for being here and helping future college parents. And thank you for being one of our first six guests. You are guest number six, the finale for the for the premiere of the Future College Parent Podcast. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, Justin. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here and a, and a pleasure to uh, reconnect with you. I'm so happy that you're here as well. And um, as as we've talked, this episode is very special to me because Walton is my alma mater. And before we begin, I just wanted to, to take a moment to talk about a memory that's been very impactful in my life. And I've shared this story with my wife many, many times and anyone that'll listen, really. So if we can go back to the fall of 1994, can you, do you remember what you were doing in the fall of 1994? Yeah, it was my very first year uh, coaching Walton football. And we, I was blessed to, uh, to, to join at the right time as we made our run for the state championship. This is, this is very true. I mean, and I most, and I most remember you for, uh, from the football team and you had helped us, uh, coaching special teams. Right. Um, and of course, as, as we talked in the pre-show here, I was the star kicker for the team. Yes, you were. And towards the end of the season, we were playing Windsor, a wonderful school east of Binghamton, New York. And Windsor, of course, had this kickoff return play where if you kick the ball high and far, they'd all run back to the ball, form a huddle, where they would be pretending to hand the ball back and forth to each other while one of the fast guys gets the ball, runs up the sideline for a touchdown while everyone was utterly confused and watching the huddle, right? And so as to deter said huddle, my job was to kick the ball high and short, but to the sidelines. And this way, our fast guys, our super fast and tough players were able to run under it and hopefully get the ball. And so it seemed like I remember the whole week, the whole week of practice, all we did was practice this kick. You know, and I just remember the care and concern that you had for me as a scared teenager who grew up watching classic Walton Windsor football games 
And winning this game meant earning a spot, as you said, in the New York State playoffs, where this is the first year that Walton would enter the playoffs. And and so that Saturday came, and I knew that if I screwed this kick up, I was going to get flattened on the field. I, I remember I set the ball up, the whistle blew, and I kicked just as planned, and our super fast and tough guys got under the ball, and we got the ball, went down and scored a touchdown on the opening drive, and eventually won the game and the state title that year, the first year that you were that you were a part of the team, which is amazing. And And the point that I wanted to make is that if you are providing the care and concern for my alma mater, as you did for me when you first started, I think the school district is in the best of hands. And I'm so appreciative of you taking care of my alma mater. It means so much to me. So thank you so much for doing that. That's exactly why I came back here, was to was to sustain and, and put back in place um, And I shouldn't say put back in place because the teachers and the staff here at Walton have never, ever wavered on the importance of positive relationships with kids. And that's one of the reasons that drew me back to Walton. It just means so much to me. And I know it means so much to the community. And I know that you're probably not the guy that gets the the thank yous every single day. But please know, and I'm confident that 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 the the folks in the district appreciate the work that that you're doing to keep their children safe and secure and and able to uh, foster academic and personal success in that safe and secure environment. Anyway, let's get let's get on with the show. <laughs> so if you could, can you start by sharing your role and disca- uh, describe what capacity you support parents and students in getting college and career ready? Well, I'm currently the uh, the superintendent here at Walton Central School. So we are a, uh, a UPK through 12th uh, grade school district, approximately 800 and, uh, 866, 870 students. Um, it, it, and, you know, my, my role as superintendent is oversight of all operations. Um, I come from a background, a very heavily background in, in instruction. Um, so when it comes to this area and it comes to uh, instructional programming up through for all the way up through from UPK all the way up through through 12th grade um, that that's kind of my that's my jam so to speak that's that's my my lane um, the other pieces the key pieces is to build a strategic plan and the strategic measures that will get to get the students from point A to point B point A being coming into their education regardless of wherever we receive that student um, and, and point B being graduation and having the tools they need and the information experience that they need to be successful in life, regardless of whether their career path is to work or their career path is to a technical school, um, armed forces, or on to uh, higher education from a school, uh, college standpoint. Um, now, within that, and, and what we're going to talk about a little bit here today, is that career exploration college preparation um, process. I'm going to talk about traditional college preparation, and then I'm going to talk about what I feel and believe is best practice in, in where Walton, um, and, and hopefully several schools in our region over time, will be moving toward. So the traditional uh, college preparation, or even career exploration, is beginning in middle school, there'll be some minor career exploration activities uh, and then possibly a career fair. And then as students enter in the ninth grade, they go from eighth grade to ninth grade, they build what's called a four-year plan. 
that four-year plan is created with the student, the guidance counselor, and input from the parents, or at least a signature sign-off from the parent um, regarding their four-year educational plan and their actual freshman schedule, so their ninth grade schedule. And then throughout the high school, um, there'll be opportunities for career exploration, career, and by that really is having access to a database, going through what your interests are, uh, exploring what career pathways are, are within that interest survey, and then uh, potentially uh, job fairs, uh, career fairs uh, of the like, and then you're moving on up through making your adjustments as you go along with your programming based on those interests and those pathway decisions. And then, and, and then as you enter into your junior year, the conversation will shift if you're planning to go into the college or even poss potentially sophomore year with uh, PSAT uh, work. Um, and then into your junior year with your SAT, ACTs, and senior year as well. Um, and then in your senior year, there'll be the assistance from the school counselors regarding getting your application done, um, whatever questions they can answer, whatever assistance they can give regarding financial aid questions and things of that nature. Uh, so that's kind of the traditional uh, type exploration and, and um um, preparation, as you will, to career exploration pathways onto college and higher education. Now, best practice in where we plan to, t to tend uh, to lead is moving to career exploration at age-appropriate levels all the way down through uh, the elementary school. So as students come up through, they start getting experience to what their academics can and activities can grow to. So if you're in a classroom and, and you're doing, for instance, a, an activity of, of I'm in charge of getting the supplies or I'm in charge of getting my group all organized, that could be a manager role. Um, uh, Rather than be going down to get the mail for the teacher, instead of going down and just getting it, now I'm the postal worker, whatever that case may be. Just to get that, that at a young age, identifying what that what that is and what that means. And also then you can identify with the actual people in their life that are in those roles. For me, the piece of that is very, very important is to, is to give students to understand, and as a result, parents to understand what is um, what is the interest level of the student? What is the goal so the pathways can be built? And then along with that, as they hit middle and high, how can we enhance that? How can we enhance both the exploration, so job shadowing, site visits, tours, um, all the way up to internships while they're in high school? so that they really can be exposed to that career pathway. Really get, they know that's what I want to do. Um, and it's a skill set that I want for life or I want for a, for a career pathway. And then the second side of that is, how can we enhance the preparation for college? How can we enhance, how can we assist students with getting their application done? Uh, whether that is walking them through the process, whether that is career, college career night, financial aid nights, um, mentors to help assist with their with their essay writing, 
or whatever the case may be to just kind of wrap your arms around them to make sure that they have all the support that's needed so that in the event that they that they do not have um, the support at home, either a parent who they either they don't are not in a situation have any parent that can help them, um, whether they're not there, whether they don't have the ability to help or the knowledge to help, but regardless of what level of knowledge <clears throat> and in access uh, the parents have to be able to help, I feel it's a school's responsibility to wrap their arms around it and help both both the parent and the child in accessing as many, not only to make sure that the application is done soundly, but to access as many financial, potential financial benefits, whether it be scholarships or financial aid opportunities as, as is available for them to ease the burden of, uh, of the college bill. A lot to unpack there. And I think that, that uh, it sounds like this approach for uh, career readiness starts very, very early. When I was putting the show together and I was thinking that the sixth grade would be the the earliest that um, we'd want to start to prepare students for college, but you're suggesting that it's that it starts even earlier with doing some of these activities sort of labeling. I'm going to the mailroom. Well, this is what the post the post office worker does or or I'm doing some administrative work. This is what a manager would do. So it starts even earlier than the sixth grade. Yeah, and for and for multiple reasons. One for the career exploration reason, another for the concept of hope. So when I was I did my my doctoral research in um, students educating students that live in poverty, and one of the key research based aspects of of um, exiting poverty is education. It is the most powerful tool that they can find. Now, education is multiple levels of education, as we just discussed, um, to, to move to a peer. But when you're talking about generation, generational poverty, there has to be a hope, a light at the end of the tunnel, something to drive students toward the, that education means something. It's meaningful, and it's going to get me X, Y, Z. So one piece of, of research um, in best practice is by Eric Jensen, and what he talks about is that is is long, far back as, as kindergarten and some some concepts. Every classroom kind of builds their own microcosm of a, of a society, so to speak, right? Within it, within their walls, they have jobs. They each have roles. They rotate them weekly, and a lot of times, like one one student may have in kindergarten or or any of the younger grades. Um, one student may have the calendar duty. They got to change calendar every day. Another one has to change the menu every day. Um, another one has to has to go get the mail every day. Whatever those pieces are, one of them is a line leader. One of them is in charge of getting the materials that are needed for a certain activity. <clears throat> so what, what they suggest is take all of those roles and activities that you do within those elementary rooms and put a career to it. And then do an exploration around those careers. So you think of how cool it would be that when you get three quarters of the way through a school year and all of a sudden you get a visit from the postmaster of your local post office and they connect it to all those times that you had your opportunity to go down and get the mail. Now, how cool would that be for those youngsters? And it's going to be somebody's, it's going to be somebody's relative in that classroom, especially in a small rural, it's going to be somebody that they know. 
So you get that opportunity to not only bring in, bring in a guest, bring in an adult into your classroom, but you're able to connect it to something that the students are already doing. So just to give a little background on, on the kind of the concept of that. So not only are you doing establishing hope, establishing light at the end of the tunnel, um, getting them connected to career uh, and getting them corrected to a career, you're also bringing in positive, respectful adults from your community into your classrooms. It's a win-win. It's a win on multiple levels. I love the integration and the, and the synthesis from start to, it creates that very positive feedback loop that you suggested and 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 provides that that hope for students and and I'm wondering too um, you're talking about the practical these practical skills or these practical applications now what about do you do you share the same um, the same methodology I guess in the classroom so say I'm taking trigonometry or algebra or I'm taking chemistry and I'm like oh why do I have to do this stuff this hard stuff that what am I going to use trigonometry or insert skill in the in the classroom in real life is there integration there as well there there is and there should be um one of the biggest now you know i was i have math degree um and i started out as a math teacher um in uh, uh eighth grade math here at walton that's how i got hooked in walton that was my student teacher placement throughout my career in in, in the last four years um, I actually discovered, and it's not something that I did, I actually discovered this practice. And what they did is they took every content area in the, in the so high school content area, and they took that, so stay, say trigonometry, and they had a uh, poster, and a visual, that, uh, that, and around that visual is every single career and job that linked to trigonometry. So in their classrooms, they have this visual. Now, what I want, what I plan on doing, um, and and, uh, and and thankfully here at Walton, without me even saying that, um, the, the high school team actually has come up with this as a strategy themselves. So we're going to be working on that piece. We're going to take every content area, every class, and we're going to build the concept and the visual of what are the careers that apply directly to this subject? Algebra, trigonometry, um, English, whatever it is. And then the second level, this is, this is um, my goal and my vision is that we will also have a second visual that will take each one of those um, careers and link it to a regional employer around Walton so that the students not only will they know the connection of their content to a career pathway but they will also know a career pathway that that is available to them within that content area that is within an hour of home and if they choose to go to um, Florida or Hawaii or North Carolina to do uh, a career pathway and a career choice that's fine but we want them to always know that the, what the careers are that, that are here at home, whether they want to stay or whether they leave and then they choose to come back, that they will know as they before they graduate high school exactly what's available to them right here within an hour of home. Well, again, the integration is just it's just fantastic because you're because you come again full circle, right? You're linking the individual experiences that you're having in the classroom to the to the actual work that 
that um, students can do. And I, um, you mentioned if uh, if a student wants to do something outside of the region, do you have any sort of any sort of resources? To, to connect students with, with resources outside of the region? There are, the traditional career exploration tools are nationwide. Career Zone, and there's a number of, that's just one of the titles that comes to mind. Um, tools that we use. So students can, can they can do interest surveys. They, they can jump in and they can search um, careers and they can search it within different areas, different regions, all, all across our country, probably all across the world, actually, but at least across our country. Um, so there, we certainly have those resources. We actually have more resources nationwide than we have locally. That's why we're going to build the local concept so that when students are looking, they have a, a full picture and they can make um, whatever decisions they choose in life. But obviously, um, selfishly, a little bit, uh, we we want our we want our our students to stay near home. Uh, you know that's what keeps our population. That's what keeps our community strong, and uh, and that that's what you know that that's what we'd want. As a dad, that's what I wanted. Skills that I acquired, I think, were um, I don't know at the time if they were as thoughtful as you're suggesting, but I do think that that the skills that I acquired were, were very fundamental in whatever application. That I would have applied them to, so I appreciate the thoughtfulness that you're that you're taking in providing this this approach to education at Walton. And now, do you what type of advice would you have for students who haven't necessarily found their interests yet, or or have interests that may seem impractical to parents or those around them? Well, what I would say when when I'll talk about the impractical, um, if a student has a dream and has a vision of what they want to do and it seems like it's out of reach um typically when i've when i've come across those conversations it's for one of two reasons either it's not um it's not accessible it's far away and they don't see how to get there point a to point b like literally distance wise of location maybe it's it's a job that they can only do in texas and then they can't visualize how they're going to get there um and then two the financial standpoint of being able to attend the right college or the length of college to be able to get that done such as uh, a medical that's gonna take eight years of college and what i what i would say to any of those uh parents in those situations uh, in students is there's always a way and there's always a pathway. If you truly want to go and you truly have that um, passion for that career, whether it takes eight years of education, um, whether it takes trying to figure out how you're going to get and move and transition to Texas, it could be, I took a year off of college. You don't know this about me. I took a year off of college and I went to work. I wasn't sure what my pathway was going to be. I actually went to work as a metal welder fabricator at a, at a small shop out in the middle of, of uh, Pleasant Mount, Pennsylvania, uh, and then decided in the middle of that 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 wasn't what I wanted to do, and I was going to go to school initially for accounting. So I went to, uh, I left there and I went to work at a factory, um, saved and saved and saved and saved, and um, with with parental support, went to uh, went to college for accounting. From there, 
my pathways changed. That was a four-year university. I went to Wilkes University and and uh, decided that, that that wasn't the right pathway. Transferred to Broome Community College. It was much more financially uh, responsible. I, I stayed at home and I commuted. So I cut down the expense on that way, and then I transferred. Then I decided, no, I, I don't want to go into accounting. So I switched to the transfer program, and I transferred to SUCO, up to Oneonta State, and got an education. So you, you, know, you don't know what the pathways are that you're going to go on. I think we could maybe shift the focus if you could share with us what the difference, if, if there is a difference, but a difference between being career-ready versus being college-ready. The concept is it's just career readiness. And you, you want to provide the educational pathway to meet what the student's desire is for the career pathway that they desire. If they want to go directly to a four-year institution and they want to be a teacher, they want to go to a four-year institution and they want to have a BS in nursing, a bachelor's in nursing, then that's the pathway that we need to help them get to. Another student says, you know what? I know what, my, what I'm looking for. And what I'm looking for is to be able to, to make live this lifestyle, make this kind of salary in order to meet that lifestyle, and welding is my passion, or whatever whatever the skill set is, is my passion. Okay, well, let's look at it. You know what? For your passion as an XYZ auto mechanic, HVAC tech, you're going to need to go to a technical school. So that's going to be our target, because that's what your goal and passion is. Now, they could change that at any given time and require more, require less, depending on where their passion is and depending on where their pathway is. So it's a really neat concept, if you think about it, of instead of being a one-stop, this is where you're going. You're going to, we're going to get you prepared to go to a four-year institution. Well, why are we doing that? Why are we not individualizing education, personalizing education, and taking the student on the pathway to where they they where their passion, where their lifestyle goals lead them? So that that to me is what education is all about. Our goal is to create well-rounded individuals that are civic-minded, that are going to go out and be great contributors to society. But we and we need all types of people in our workforce so if we continue to push in the, in the one direction we create a couple things one we could create a significant gap which we are seeing right now in our trade skills two we could create a significant inflated debt in college debt that does not lead to a career path for somebody to be able to handle the debt associated with their college that they, they went on if we don't lead them in the right preparation um, process. What I'm hearing is that, that college or education after high school, any sort of education after high school, is a part of this career trajectory. It's just a part of it. It's not the, it's not the culmination of the high school experience is to obtain or to, you know, to obtain entry to a post-secondary ed- uh, educational institution. It's a part of the pathway to the career that we're, that a student is looking for. Absolutely. You, you, you picked it up perfectly. Higher education and secondary education don't necessarily have a formal way of communicating, right? So as a spokesperson for secondary education, 
What advice do you have for higher education? My biggest recommendation, largest recommendation, would, which would be stay in tune to whatever the supervisory authority is in the subject matter that you are uh, preparing people for. So if it's education, it's New York State Ed. If it's, you know, if it's medical, then obviously it's the medical association and the licensing associations or, or however that works. Wow. And that seems like a daunting task because there are so many different educational pathways, as we talked about a few of them today, in order to, in order to, to keep track of. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly not an easy job or an easy task to, to uh, expect that, there's, that there would be communication between these two uh, very large entities. Um, but the, I guess the follow-up is knowing, knowing that there's this disconnect. How do you utilize this, this information as an educator to inform future college parents? The biggest thing that, that we can instill uh, in individuals is, is the fact that they have to be dependent the fact that they, they need to take control of their own destiny, so to speak, and that they need to be aware of that. So you, you, you don't go in. Um, if you're a young adult and you're going to college or you're a young adult and you're going to the workforce, you're a young adult, whatever it is, you need to be well-informed. I tell that with my own staff members. They need to be well-informed of their benefit packages. They need to be well-informed of their contractual obligations. They need to be well-informed of what the New York State certification requirements are. Um, you need to be in control of your own destiny. You're, you need to be um, follow through with what is, is your responsibilities in life. And that goes for all aspects of life. So that's part of us building that skill set for all individuals now under mindset for all individuals as they as they grow and achieve your advice then for parents is knowing that there isn't that that connection just to ask the question right just to just to say hey what's going on in insert field or insert insert subject matter area and just ask that question right and i think that that's i think that's that's a very salient point in in that if you don't know uh something you just i mean Educators are the, I, in my opinion, are the, the most kind and, 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 and endearing folks. And just asking the question and, and expressing that vulnerability really will get you a long way. And, and I think that the key question um, for me, and I asked this when, uh, when my daughter en entered into a design program, is, you know, the goal at the end, the career at the end is the A, or, or let's say B. Will the program that you are putting in front of, of this child get her from point A to point B? Or at the end of successfully completing this program, will she not be able to enter into the workforce in that position of B? So, you know what I mean? So if you're going in into any program, um, whether, whether that be a school program where you, you expect to, to enter into the workforce at the end of it, uh, BOCES program, CTE program, or whether it's a college program at any level, technical school or higher, if you know what you're going to the school to accomplish, ask the question. Don't just assume it. Ask the question and say, okay, my son or daughter is expecting to be able to do this at the end of this program. If, if they're successful in your program, will they be able to do that at the end of your program? Or will there be additional steps that they need after completing your program? 
because if if they if they say yes, it, you know they do well, they're solid, great. But if they say well at the end, then they're still going to have to do one, two, three, four. Then you may want to look around in 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 the marketplace if I and, and make sure there's not another one that avoids one, two, three, four. Love it. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. And uh, Mike, again, you don't even know how much it means to me. When I had thought about the, the idea for this show, this moment was certainly a high, a high priority to, to make happen, to have the, uh, the superintendent of my alma mater. But it means so much to me that, you'd, that you came on the show. And I really think that your, your words are really going to help, help future college parents. And, and I know that they're helping parents there at Walton now. So thanks again for being one of our first six guests on the, the first six episode premiere of the Future College Parent Podcast. Thank you so much, Mike. Well, I appreciate it, Justin. Thank you for offering and for asking, asking me to be involved. you hear that? He said I was the star of the football team. Just kidding. I gotta tell you though, I searched everywhere for the video of the game Mike and I discussed at the beginning of our interview. When I finally found the VHS tape, the kick wasn't even on the video, just the scrum to recover the football. I wanted to take the clip and ask Ron Golly, the voice of the Walton Warriors, to do a voiceover embellishing how I'm the best player to ever put on a Walton jersey and that I single-handedly led the Warriors to the state title. But I can dream, right? Anyway, how incredibly humble and thoughtful is Mike? Seriously, I'm again so happy that he's taking care of my alma mater. I know there's so much to discuss here, and I want to share with you five things I learned from my talk with Mike. Number one, encourage career exploration early on by connecting what your student is already doing in the classroom with related careers. For example, if your student is responsible for gathering and delivering mail for the classroom, start to show them different career options that are similar by identifying people that are in those roles currently, like a manager or a postal worker. You can also encourage shadowing, tours, internships, even using surveys and online programs like CareerZone. The goal is to help your student identify pathways that align with their interests. Note, I am not affiliated nor do I endorse CareerZone and only mention it by name as Mike mentioned using it at his school. Number two, work with your student to enhance their preparation for college throughout their educational journey. As they get closer to applying for education after high school, I encourage you and your student to attend college career nights, college financial planning and financial aid nights, and any and all programs your school provides. Number three, there is always a way and always a pathway for your student to achieve career goals. Number four, being college ready is being career ready. College or education after high school isn't a culmination of what is learned during high school. It's a part of the student's career trajectory and pathway. Number five, ask questions while exploring colleges with career goals in mind. Do not make assumptions. Does the program align with the recognized professional associations in the student's goal field? Will the program get your student to their career goal after successful completion, or will there be additional steps they need to take after completing the program? What did you learn? Here's your homework. I know, I know, it never stops. Please head to futurecollegeparent.com where you can access the Future College Parent Network and post what you learned by listening to this episode and engage with other listeners so we can learn together. 
Also at futurecollegeparent.com, you can access the show notes for a wealth of information on the items we discussed during the episode and check out all of our social platforms. While you're at it, please share the podcast widely to other parents, leaders of activities your student is involved in, and your school administrators so they can share the podcast with your school district. You can also let parents know the show is streaming directly from the website and there's no need to download anything. Just point your browser to futurecollegeparent.com and enjoy. This show is also on your favorite podcast platforms as well. I want to thank Dr. Mike McDonald for coming on the show. After listening to the first six-episode premiere, be on the lookout for new episodes beginning on Wednesday, May 4th, and continuing Wednesdays every two weeks after. Whew, we did it. What a journey these six episodes have been. Now, normally this is where I would end the episode, but I want to send some thank yous to those who have helped me get this show up and running. Thank you to my wife and our two kiddos for allowing me the time and support to start the show. I love you so very much. Thank you to the first six, well, seven really, guests for volunteering their time and knowledge to come on the show. Thank you to Nicole Hill for her mentorship, assistance with pre-production, and question development. Thank you to Hugo Winter for assistance with post-production. Thank you to Isaac Williams for assistance with the website and the social media plan. Thank you to my BFFs in the Ithaca, New York-based band Dear Apollo for providing the intro-outro music, and AJ specifically for helping me set up my recording gear. Thank you to my nieces and nephews for lending their voices on the intro. I love y'all. And last, and very obviously, I want to thank you for listening. I really hope this is helpful. Please let me know if there's anything I can do in future episodes to serve as a resource for you. Thank you for listening to the Future College Parent Podcast. Podcast.